Welcome to In The Know. I'm Mark Brown and I'm joined today by Chartered Financial Planner Sarah Maguire. Welcome Sarah. Hi Mark. This is the second episode in our series on intergenerational wealth planning, which is an area Sarah has significant experience and expertise in. Let's start, Sarah, by talking about why you might want to transfer wealth or putting it another way, gift some of your wealth during your lifetime and how you might go about that. The people that we're privileged to advise, many have self-generated wealth. As such, they're used to taking advice and their their programme for action, I think, is something that is common amongst our clients. Um, And so... I think, importantly, whilst all the clients' financial circumstances are unique to them, they already have a route map for their financial futures. Um, they're in a position to plan with confidence. And so then we move to that sort of number one motivator for action, which, in my experience, is is to save tax because of the fact that wealth is self-generated it's it's already been taxed possibly in more than one way and so what we found obviously over the last decade the nil rate band hasn't changed it's remained at 325,000 it's frozen now until 2026 um, which means with sort of house price inflation number of people having to pay inheritance tax will be rising that sort of financial awareness is is increasing as well um, in in what clients bring to the table for us to to pick up and advise on. So what we then do is we will often start with making use of the gifting exemptions. Um, I won't go through these actually because they're set out in our inheritance tax guide, but we would start by using those to sort of facilitate perhaps smaller regular gifting. That's of great value, I find, in enabling us to make gifts as part of perhaps the normal expenditure exemption. Examples of gifting strategies, I think, would be, um, for instance, starting with perhaps stakeholder funding for for grandchildren. Um, That's, I found, quite quite popular, Um, hugely valuable for for the recipients. Um, They'll have an asset that they'll receive compounded investment returns on for, say, 50 years. And um, of course, you pass on tax relief as well. We always like um, tax relief and um, mitigating tax. Another useful tool that we would use um, from sort of regular expenditure would be protection policies um, funded from income. But they create a lump sum outside the estate, obviously, from from day one. Next, I would say there's um, sort of gifting for school and university fees. That a gift, you know, a great education is an amazing gift. And the thought of leaving university without the burden of debt um, is often seen, I'd say, as a a good use of, of family wealth. Then we would talk to clients where we know they have can afford lump sum gifts then just to sort of you know intervivos gifts assisting with going onto the property ladder are are common and you know in in that that area again don't forget we wouldn't forget lifetime ices um so we get the sort of 25 percent contribution from the government so that's another strategy that, that that would be um reasonably common 
or particularly discussed with with clients in in this in this area. And then we with lump sums, if we're not making paying them directly, of course, we still have that suite of of trust investment options open to us at this point in time. Um, and we use those for clients who want to make provision for their their family's sort of financial future, and they can do that now um, without without being sure who they who or what the, those future financial needs might be. And I mean, these are outlined in the guide as well. I'd say that they're in the guide, and we can we can have options where we can we can put lump sums into trusts and and still have an income coming back. So they're always worth exploring um, and they're not as complex or as expensive as, as is often perceived. Um, so really, you know, there's there's a lot of options and, and we, we really tailor it to, to individual needs and objectives. Thanks, Sarah. So in summary, there are a number of reasons why you might want to transfer wealth and helpfully you've set out the most common of these along with some of the solutions we would use. As we know, though, there are often other complications or concerns to overcome before wealth is transferred. These, as you indicated, are set out in our guide to intergenerational wealth planning, which we would recommend you review. Can you give us a flavour, though, of some of the common concerns and planning considerations you come across? I'd say really, Mark, you discussed pre in the previous podcast with Neil, um, know the, the first challenges that we have to sort of navigate through are that those very real sort of human emotions and inhibitions that we have when it comes to discussing money with a sort of with the family um, and addressing our own mortality as well that that's a challenge so what we have to do is sort of open up the dialogue and we do that with our with our planning you know it's incredibly powerful once we can address affordability and then because of the types of clients we have they they're, they're programmed for action really um and so what we have to do is is reassure them that their own future is financially secure by having a plan in place we we can sort of empower them to be confident about their own ability to use family wealth and and then they have that it's very rewarding for them to then be able to change the lives of, of, of other family members for, from from understanding that their own security is, is, is already in place. So I'd say, you know, affordability is is key, actually. That's a key strategy to, to, for us to, to start with and ensuring that they can have a gifting strategy that, that they're that, and, and put this in place with confidence. What we have to overcome, I guess, really, um, is is understanding their future financial needs. And what I always say to clients, actually, is that we we use our planning, we we project forward who they are today. Um, clients, all of us, you know, say clients, we as human beings, we 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 get to a point where 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 we're us, and we just carry on being us. We we do the same things. Um, we we go to the same places. We 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 like the lifestyle that we have, and therefore we're in a position where, with with our planning, we can project that forward and, and understand sort of from what and who we are today what that will cost in the future. So we know that we'll want to do do the same things in ten or twenty years time. They'll just cost more, and and we can sort of capitalise that and understand what that means for a client, and then. We, we know for them that they'll have enough. 
within that, we obviously have to address concerns. One of the a key concern these days would be sort of increased life expectancy. Um, costs of, of care associated with with longevity is, is expensive. So we, we would need to address that and ensure that, that we, we've allowed for that and for a client to live well past sort of what is currently projected as normal normal life expectancy. And then say another key concern I'd say would be clients, some clients are concerned when it comes to gifting, concerned about married children and the fact that they might subsequently divorce. Um, so that's another area that we we have to sort of pick up and, and put into, into planning. With that, we obviously have strategies and structures that we use um, predominantly with, with the trust options that we still have. So we can provide control if control is important. Um, and so that really, you know, it's that affordability and control are, the, are the, probably the two key key areas that we would get asked most often about in, in, in what we can do and what solutions we can put in place. Thanks, Sarah. That's really interesting. And what you've highlighted is for most, there are a number of concerns and planning considerations to work through and overcome before you start to transfer wealth. It's only by talking about these and bringing out the issues that a workable plan can be developed. Before we go, do you have any final messages to sign off with on this subject? Yes, I think. I mean, obviously, I've talked very much about this being us putting you as a client in control. But what I would always say to, to, to our clients is please don't don't forget about yourself. Um, it's not all about austerity. It's not all about tax mitigation. It's not all about passing on wealth. One way to um, to avoid making HMRC sort of the, the largest beneficiary of your estate is, is to actually spend some of your money and, and have some fun. Um, once you know you can afford that, then um, please just relax and, and enjoy yourself. Thanks, Sarah. Um, that's all for this episode. Thank you for your insights today, Sarah, into particularly some of the challenges and solutions around this area of financial planning. In our next episode, we'll be discussing how a financial planner can help you achieve the outcomes that you want.